0: Next, this is Ann. Hi, and this is Malia. We are still coming to you from quarantine bunkers in Virginia and North Carolina. And uh, last one we posted for you was two weeks ago, which was actually a test that we ended up posting. We figured why not. So now we are a little more organized. Not that it matters. And uh, we have we have a nice little program for you. Nominally more organized. Nominally. nominally. What have you been doing over these past two weeks in your bunker, Malia?
1: Uh, no, mostly I've been scavenging. You know my bunker <laughs> is my bunker is fully stacked with stocked with snacks. that's that's what we've got going on, snacking. You know, oh, there's good. a German word, of course, of course, there's a German word for it. <laughs> the uh, the <laughs> extra weight you put on, it's like, I don't speak German, so I'm going to say this wrong. It's like Corona Speck or something. Oh, like there's that. a new German word. There's a new, of course, there is for the weight <laughs> you put on because you've been snacking through coronavirus.
0: Our gentle audience can't see it right now, but I'm wearing a muumuu. <laughs> I really am.
1: And I today, ordered another one. Today is the day I wear jeans so that I remember to stop snacking.
0: <laughs> I you know. Someone like saw a picture a of me on Facebook and said, you're wearing jeans right now. I'm like, they're my fat jeans and they're tight. <laughs> Don't even get me into my hair roots. You know, people are suffering and compassion and, and and excellence as citizens is important right now. But I got fat.
1: And split ends.
0: And split ends <laughs> and roots. <laughs> and I mean, though, there, are,
1: there are more important things, but.
0: <laughs> but I know and I know everyone feels the same way. Yeah, my husband, he's been going out there like jogging every day, which I'm so proud of for him. And I walk. (laughs) (laughs) I got a TRX thinking I'd like put it around a beam in my house and just like, yeah, I'll squat my way to wellness. (laughs) And we all know that once you look at it, and you're like, that really hurt. And then it takes three days to get the nerve to do it again. I know, because it's so miserable. You're like, wow, this wasn't fun at all.
1: (laughs) This is actually really unpleasant.
0: (laughs) And I've got a a nice restaurant down the street that does curbside, but they're really good. That's the problem. So we've eaten through all the frozen things now. And now we're down to the frozen lasagna that's left. And the snacks that we thought we might like, but we didn't, so they're all still in the pantry. (laughs)
1: Like Trader Joe's experimental snacks. Yeah. oh, that wasn't actually good with pretzels kind of thing.
0: No, I got one that was like uh, from thrive.com. They were like these Roman beans that are marinated that you're just supposed to snack on. Romans love them. So I was like, oh, that sounds sophisticated. That might go good with my wine. And that like we both ate them, but we would made that face that the cat makes when you give it a carrot. See, that's you know?
1: suspicious because there aren't any Romans around anymore to sort of substantiate that claim.
0: Well, I'm just full of millet today, so I'm going to eat a marinated bean. Yeah.
1: I can see where that feels like a good idea. I'm like a sucker for that when you tell me that French people love something. I'm like, oh, it must be delicious then.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so you've just been hanging and snacking and loving on the
1: babies and yeah, watching the, baby. Em- the embarrassing thing is that even if we weren't under lockdown, that would probably still be the same update for me. So. Oh.
0: Yeah, well, it's allergy season. I've, I've spent a month thinking I have COVID, and I don't because I don't go anywhere, and I don't interact with anyone. But I've got hay fever from all the Just pollen. Just hay
1: fever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's that that. makes you
0: tired. And then um, I started a class online with Oxford University on the Wars of the Roses. And that started this week. And it's pretty easy. It's not like a live class. But it's a lot of reading, obviously, and it's really hard to learn the words of the roses in terms of getting, once you get started, it's okay. But when you look at the family tree.
1: Yeah, I spent this entire week, for reasons that will soon become apparent, (laughs) looking at royal family trees. And um, you you can go a little cross-eyed after a while. (laughs) I know. Margaret, which Margaret? Okay, and there's,
0: you know, the the teacher's first question to us was in the forum, which historical fiction representation is your favorite? And I'm like, bitch, that's why I'm taking this class, because I don't want to talk about historical fiction or watch it on TV. I wanted uh, to, like, uh, learn uh, that, the that
1: tactics. An episode in and of itself, because I, I could do a whole thing about how much I hate historical fiction representations of the tutors like that you is know. i'm sorry so you're bringing up issues for me now <laughs> i know i oh, know i got
0: i got alert i got alarmed and upset
1: i have so <laughs> many issues with henry VIII, i can't even begin
0: <laughs> he was like pole pot like there's all this corset ripping going on he's this gross history's
1: greatest douchebag
0: <laughs> he was and he had potential in the beginning you know but he went berserk like many people do. Oh, and I built a news machine. Oh, yes, the news machine. I did. I was trying to explain it to you, but i have been so busy tinkering with it and feeding it that, uh, it, you know, and it has it, it takes very specific fuel. So I built a royal news machine out of household objects.
1: Okay. So, like, push the button on the news machine then or how, okay. how it starts.
0: Oh, I was inspired from watching Better Off Dead. Remember the little brother who built a space shuttle the out of sh- <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I'm a a tinker, my husband's an engineer, so I've built one, and today, through the use of the royal news machine, we will find out what's been going on in the royal family for the past two weeks. Give me a moment while I fire her up and transmit the news from outer space, from the satellite, directly to you. It's really exciting. Hold on. Big button here. Oh, look.
1: Oh, there goes the laser. Straight up to the satellite. That's how you can tell it's like technological and stuff.
0: <laughs> Amazing.
1: What I, a no I, time I, to be alive. I am so hyped.
0: <laughs> oh, here comes the laser coming back from space. Okay. Now, the Royal News Machine has teed up the stories for me for this week. And the first was uh, uh, April 5th. I'm sure almost all of you know that the queen, Queen Elizabeth II, gave a speech from Windsor uh, about the coronavirus and this pandemic we're all facing. And um, it's something, it's not the first time she's done this in her life, but it's one of the rare times she has. She does it in times of crisis or, um, you know, Opportunities where there, there's a civic morale issue, and so she chose to focus on the healthcare workers and people on the front lines who have been helping their communities and risking their lives, essentially, as as they have been everywhere, to keep people alive. Um, I thought it was compassionate. It was resolute. It was not long, which is cool. Uh, it evoked the service and sacrifice, and uh, as the first speech. Uh, that she's done about this kind of thing, but as a teen was was the very first one she did in 1940. And that was for youth who were sent away from home during the war, which when you think of it, that's really hard to imagine sending your kids away. You know, but they did, they had to send them to the country because the bombing that was going to start and did happen. Um, So she did that just as a teenager. The other ones she's done that you may know have included, you know, when Princess Diana passed away, um, strikes, major strikes that have happened. Um, And because I'm a jewelry nerd, I did notice what she was wearing because usually it has a sign in it. And she wore this really uplifting, beautiful green dress. She likes to wear bright colors so that she's seen. And and they send a calming message. And so it was a turquoise and diamond brooch. I looked it up because it was just striking. And it was given to her by uh, Queen Mary. And uh, I think that she got it when Queen Mary died. But Queen Mary was given it as a wedding gift when she got married. King George. Anyway, most importantly, it was an uplifting message. It was quite nice to see a calm and resolute message, and uh, I can't believe she bothered to do that at her age and with all that's going on, but she was adamant to do it.
1: It's one of the things you've got to admire about, you know, sort of defining the place of royalty, or at Mm -hmm. least the English royal family now, and she's just always been, well, not always, but in the last several decades, she's been really dead on on that.
0: yeah continuity, she's appropriate, she's always very clear, her eyes are clear when she's talking to the camera, she's a natural at it, she's great. Um, her birth her, uh, quote, official birthday is this month when they celebrate with Trooping the Col- Color, which is a, a military parade that goes up the Mall and they, they, they all uh, process for her the different guards, uh, organizations and the whole royal family uh, goes up to the balcony and do a flyover. Anyway, it's a big thing that London looks forward to every time this year, and that's also been canceled for one of the few times in history.
1: Yeah, that's a bit of a bummer.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's. I went to it a few years ago in 2018 when I was visiting. I always wanted to and found a wonderful website that told you how to do it. You don't. If you want to see the royal family at Trooping the Color, so just remember this for later, pocket it away. Um, the news machine is blinking, so I have to move in a minute. But I will tell you <laughs> that you go, and you go to the Duke of York Memorial, which is halfway down the mall. You do not go to the front. Because the people at the front don't get to see anything. They, they think those are the people that get to be up against the gates. They're not. The metropolitan police bring the people in from the back at the end. Ah. And they lead them up with horses. so The people in the, who are in the way back get to come to the front. I really hope I get
1: to make use of that knowledge at some point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun. I sat with, a, I stood with a whole bunch of people, and we got to see the whole thing. And I was front row, but I only waited an hour, you know, as opposed to people who waited like six. So it was good advice. Now. Uh, Oh, go, oh, dare I touch this green button, the Harry and Meghan button.
1: <laughs> oh, dear.
0: <laughs> you know, they, they have been in Los Angeles, as we reported last time, before we built the news machine. And uh, what seems to be happening is that they keep saying they're taking a break through a series of uh, highly released uh, press announcements and the social media announcements. It seems like every two days there's an announcement saying we're taking a break. Uh, but we already knew that. (laughs) I mean, are (laughs) they just
1: waiting for us to protest? It's really draining away the goodwill I'm desperately trying to have.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And we're we're in deep cover in Hollywood. And, uh, so they, uh, had a taking a break one last week. Now, because of the pandemic was the reason in the the release last week. And then that's beyond understandable, but, what do we really need to know about if their projects are out of commission? Like, what do I really need to know? This is their chance for like consequence free radio silence if they want it.
1: Yeah. Which I thought was sort of the ostensible point of all of this, but maybe not because all we keep getting is like more entries into the news. It's, uh hmm I'm not, I'm, yeah.
0: hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna come back to them in a minute because I want to continue talking about what the other royals are doing during the quarantine time. Um, but that really struck me is that there have been maybe two or three press releases about how we're taking a break during the time when no one's
1: doing anything. We're taking a um, break and also don't write about us because we're taking a break. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Here be being photographed. Uh, making care packages at a charity with no masks and gloves on, but we're taking a break. And that's fine. Do these things. But I I don't understand the the crystal clear professionally shot image, plus the press release that goes along with it. Leave us alone! (laughs) Uh, Prince Charles actually opened a clinic or something virtually. He's been cutting fake-out ribbons and I don't know if they're using CGI or something for the ribbon but Charles has been doing a lot online and William and Kate Skyped in with kids and healthcare workers to talk to them about the anxiety. Mental health is a big issue for them. So they're trapped at home with three kids too, but they also are trapped at home with their nanny and parents probably. But uh, then there's princess Anne
1: quarantine with a nanny. That's what
0: I, that's what you need to do. That's what we've gotten wrong. Yeah. Oh, anyway. So no, 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 that's, but they're, they're, you know, they're, they're staying in touch with the public. In a positive way, and then they can turn it off and go do their thing. Um, and then Princess Anne, I mean, she has a, she's been doing engagements virtually lately. But I wouldn't be surprised if she had just come out like in hazmat gear at an engagement. Like she wouldn't care. She wouldn't give a shit. She'd punch. Yeah. She'd punch COVID <laughs> in the face. She didn't care. <laughs> Let's get on with it, you know. Uh, but she's uh, they're all still out there. Um, then Prince Andrew and Fergie, are, who have never really split up, were also quote inconspicuously photographed unquote packing care packages for uh, care workers and things like that. And um, the cynical understanding is that Prince Andrew is trying to look like he helps and cares, which surely he does.
1: I mean, but it's a really, step. right now, this. <laughs> Yes, yeah. a small step, but it's a step.
0: Just go away for half a year and let it get quiet with the Epstein I, I do stuff. think
1: that you probably should allow people to forget first, just a little bit. Exactly. Like not, what is
0: he doing? Why Why is he being photographed doing it? It's, and Sophie Wessex also has been photographed making these care packages, But struck me in all of them as none of them were wearing masks while packing food for, or gloves, when packing food for people who are in a very vulnerable situation. But I'm not gonna pick on them. It's the thought that counts. But you know, if I have to do it, then <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. But at least they all look a bit down more down to normal and pale and gaunt and and wearing, you know, Lacoste shirts and not designer things for a while. Anyway, that's kind of boring news. But you know, there's nothing's nothing's changed. Now we this is our PR backseat PR moment here where we're like, okay, you know, Andrew, what are you doing?
1: really honestly yeah although my my backseat pr person is just waiting till you get to this foundation like (laughs) it's coming okay so on this week's
0: episode of backseat pr person first we had you know andrew sit it out megan harry sit it out now okay we were sitting we sat it out for two days but we're just too anxious and we just think people don't understand us so let's release it all after we said we're taking a break So they, uh, I guess around April 7th, something like that, they officially released the name of their foundation, the Archwell Foundation. I
1: I cannot even begin to express my feelings about this name. (laughs) I think (laughs) Gwyneth Paltrow got to him. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And then it's not supposed to have anything to do with their son. It just coincidentally sounds exactly like it has something to do with their son. Archwell,
0: and not only that. So Megan's explanation of it on social media, and these are not through junk sources. That's I, I, the Royal News Machine does not. It only it only uh, distills things through reputable sources. No
1: Daily Mirror for that No, no Daily
0: Mirror. We'll get to that in a minute too.
1: Although I kind of uh, secretly love the Daily Mirror, but I, I still
0: reputable. love my 3 a.m. girls after all these years although i'm sure that they're like 50 now so they're like the 8am girls cuz that's the earliest they can wake up um you know i don't want to disparage anyone i'm i'm really rooting for them to be healthy and to prosper but th- this this frantic hollywood style pr stuff is just backfiring you know archwell look we all, we all want to be appreciated for having good heart and we all want to get paid but <laughs> archwell so uh, anyway uh, she says that Megan says that the reason it was called R12 is after the ancient Greek word arche or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, Oh yeah. That's not,
0: I guess her Kellyanne came out and said something like that. Like it's Arke from ancient Greek meaning strength or something. Newness. Everything means strength and newness in ancient Greek.
1: I gotta be honest. It sounds like somewhere where you would like buy herbal supplements. I know. Arch. Archwell, like, I got this tea. From Archwell yeah. and it's helped my skin so much. Like, yeah, I got it the, sounds like. uh, yeah, I got the, I got turmeric,
0: the best I've ever had at Archwell. <laughs> I got turmeric body rub. <laughs> and so but turmeric but ghee turmeric ghee body butter. I have so much um, more energy now. <laughs> I say I feel vital. I feel vital. <laughs> so I guess that was like a fourth thing they've done since they said they are taking a break in the past two weeks. And then they did one more thing, which was a huge announcement letter saying that they will not be working with any more tabloids because they're ruining their lives. I didn't realize they were working with tabloids before. It kind of negates some of the arguments they had made.
1: Yeah, that's, well, you know, I suppose when you take a break, I would like to also say that I'm not going to work with tabloids anymore either.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't want them near my family. (laughs) There's too much going on. No. Yeah. So I I guess it's been a a very careful seeding and planting kind of out of the Diana playbook kind of thing where like I'm going to have special friends who give special information to certain reporters and act like it was all an accident. Like usual. (laughs) Yeah. Business (laughs) as usual for the royal PR shit. But except unless you're the queen, (laughs) because that just doesn't happen. But... Yeah, so we've got the Archwell Foundation, which is to do benevolent yada bada 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 wellness and bah, blah, blah 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 kind of thing. Woo-woo-woo. And that's great. And simultaneously, Harry has launched an eco-friendly tour business. Huh. I mean I don't know what that means. The only thing I can think of is he, lo- he really loves the rhinos and the elephants, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, see, like you say that to me, and all I think of is like upper middle class. Yep, he's like going to yeah. Tibet and then boring the pants off of you about it afterwards. Yes,
0: like my slow food things. <laughs> it's a $50 paper plate with like barbecue on it, but it's from East, it's, it's artisanal barbecue.
1: Uh, I mean, you're just, you're a refugee from the Pacific Northwest. That's just like your your lifestyle, right?
0: I know. And now they're in the middle of it. I'm sure he's stressed out. I can't imagine what kind of inputs he's getting all the time about how evil everyone in his life was and, you know, how we're going to rise above it and make more money and they won't need you anymore, except, except, I don't know if you know this. You must know this. You're my, you're my colleague. That there is a clause in their agreement for leaving the royal family that they can come back in a year if it doesn't suit them. I know. I
1: I kind of forgotten about that or something. And you reminded me of it like a week or so ago. And I was like, oh, yeah. So, oh, my goodness. Is it just all this like play that we're just seeing roll out? And then a year from now, they're going to go all British again. <laughs> Oh, he will, or, you, know, or or, he you will. know,
0: yeah, there's just so much plate spinning. It's just ridiculous. So that was, that happened as well during this time, this very sacred quiet for their family time. <laughs> and so like we all yeah, you, you just stop now, you know?
1: So <clears> you <throat> to see
0: what it's like when you're not on a break. I know. I know. Yeah. So I don't, I know I'm uh, saying that a lot and probably taking up a lot of time, but that's their latest on Megan and Harry up-to-date from the royal <laughs> movie machine.
1: Thank God they took a break so we didn't have to cover them more.
0: <laughs> I know. That took a good 10 minutes of what they haven't done for the past two weeks. <clears throat> Beatrice, Princess Beatrice, as you know, is supposed to get married on May 29th at St. George's Chapel in Windsor, which is where the, the last two royal weddings have taken place that everybody has seen. And I'm going to just take a moment here to give her a pity party, which I don't usually do for anybody but I was just like oh man so but she's handled it I think backseat PR pretty well considering all that's going on she's uh they never sent the wedding invitations out to begin with and then when her father Prince Andrew became embroiled in this horrible Jeffrey Epstein sex scandal he said okay honey I love you but I'm not going to walk you down the aisle You know, we don't need that on TV. Not to be outdone, then the BBC pulled any live feed they were going to do or planning to do that. And she didn't complain about any of it. You know, she didn't make a steak. And her sister just had, like, the wedding to end all weddings. Her little sister had the wedding to end all weddings there last year.
1: Oh, see, I, I mean, I could go for a royal wedding. And, I mean, I don't. Yeah, that whole thing is distasteful. But I think yeah, for walking down the aisle, you
0: know. So they, they postponed it indefinitely, which that's that's fair. I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You can't have a royal wedding in the middle of this. But you can yeah. because her guy, Count Eduardo Mapelli Mozzi,
1: <laughs>
0: happens <laughs> Wait, to be a count.
1: Will Beatrice when she's married. Ah, oh, Beatrice, yes.
0: Beatrice? <laughs> <laughs> and... She could already be. They could already be rolling out Decameron style at his villa. He's got a villa outside of Florence. Now backseat PR Wait, I thought says, there
1: were no villas outside of Florence in Tuscany. <laughs> <That's laughs> no villas right. in Tuscany. <laughs> out in share
0: <Chianti-shire> somewhere. <laughs> and uh maybe they're already hold up there. But backseat PR and would advise to if you really want to get married, kids. I and mean, he's already got a 13-year-old kid and stuff. I mean it's that doesn't matter. But you know, if you really want to get married and then have a big public party in London in a year, here's what I would suggest. I would suggest having a very, very intimate wedding at the villa with just your parents, and uh, zoom whoever you want, and zoom the Queen in, zoom George and them all in. Nobody cares. But only sell the photographs to certain magazines for money to go to charities that help NHS frontline healthcare workers.
1: Ah, see that. That is some good PR.
0: That's making some lemonade for, for people who need it during the coronavirus. And they get to have their beautiful wedding. And the pictures will be, a lot of the magazines will be bought so people can see the pictures. So you just do that deal with hello or whoever and people, you know.
1: Yes, anyway. I'm getting my, like, royal wedding dress fill this spring. And that's very disappointing. No. no. I have to, like, go back and look at old ones. <laughs>
0: And, yeah, I mean, what do you do at a time like this when people are suffering and don't have jobs? The queen had to deal with that right after her wedding or right before her wedding. And, you know, the war was just ending. So people were yeah. sending in their their coupons to help her buy silk, their war coupons.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, that's the, the thing that ha- people have to understand is that, you know, we do want. Well, I can't speak for everyone. I do want like a little <laughs> bit of that is nice to see. You know, yeah. there's enough drudgery of the ordinary world that, you know. I don't mind sending my war coupon to Queen Elizabeth so she can have a silk wedding dress. Yeah,
0: and the continuity, the continuity it showed, the tradition it shows, the happiness of a young couple that it shows. And then, of course, Queen Elizabeth's dress. And we'll do a show on this at some point because it's quite interesting. I had the Primavera, Botticelli's Primavera. I'm doing that, Botticelli. Primavera, (laughs) the Italian. I'm just
1: going to have to say all the Italian words from here on out. You put so much into it. Yeah, too much into it. I hate it when people do
0: that. I like a burrito, you know, when you're just in a Mexican restaurant, some I white totally
1: guy. I that. It's too tempting when you're in an Italian restaurant.
0: <laughs> I know. David Sedaris did a whole thing about it. He's like, I like guacamole. <laughs> you're
1: just like, come on, you're from <laughs> Ohio. Guacamole. <Stop> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Nicaragua. <laughs> when we visited Nicaragua, and you're just talking to these, you know, people from down the street, Nicaragua. Yamas, you mean llamas? Yamas. <laughs> it's fine if you're from Nicaragua, but anyway, when I was in
1: Taragota,
0: <laughs> Segovia. Speaking of uh, speaking of Segovians and Spanish and accents that make no sense and families that make no sense, now we're going to dive in. To our history segment, which again, we are refining and through the use of the Royal News Machine and our research tools, each podcast will be a little bit different and better. So now that the news is done, we move on to this week's topic, which I will hand over to you very gingerly.
1: Well, thank you. I I don't have a news machine. I mean, maybe I can get some sort of like Royal, like creaky creaking door <laughs> sound or something i'm going into the archives mine so, just
0: died that news machine died so we're done now it, it <laughs> ran out of juice i, I had it didn't have any vital young things to feed it so <laughs> it
1: got tired of megan and harry and turned off so today what i got for you is incest royal Ooh. incest because you know alert. what is conversation about royals without incest although we have to be a little more specific because I think people when you go royal incest they'll think of like um, Cersei and Jamie Lannister from yeah. brother of yeah. Thrones not that you don't have your brothers and sisters uh, the, the Egyptian pharaohs did the whole brother sister marriage thing a lot uh, that's why they think that uh, King Tut Tutankhamen he had a club foot and a cleft palate scoliosis oh it's thought was a that mess. yeah it's thought that that kind of explains that or you know and died so young from all of that too yeah and that that is actually one of the things about uh you know incest you if you get enough same dna enough you you don't get enough variation you get that higher chance of deformities higher chance of miscarriage sterility lower birth rate higher infant mortality hypothetically these are all things that you don't want in a royal family (laughs) because the whole point is that you like have kids uh so that you can carry on the name but there you go uh but you Mm. know we got to be a little more specific because you know we're talking about european royals which is where i'm going to focus right now you know like almost all of them are related in some way you know elizabeth ii philip are uh, third cousins because they're both uh they share Victoria, great-great-grandmother. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And then, of course, everyone knows Victoria had all those kids, which helped spread hemophilia through Europe. Yeah. Um, and almost every royal family in Europe can kind of have some descent from Euro- from Victoria. Um, and some of them are even more related. Uh, Elizabeth II of England and King Harold of Norway, I think they're second cousins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Queen of Denmark and the King of Sweden are first cousins. So you know, let's be a little more specific. We're not talking about third cousins and fourth cousins and stuff like that. Roundabout, you get third cousins, like no one really even cares anymore. The amount of DNA you share at third cousins is almost insignificant, like less than 1%. Right. So They're just crazy all on their own. (laughs) So we really are looking at like much closer. And, you know, the church actually had a thing about this Um, by the time the Middle Ages rolled around, there were rules about what's called consanguinity. Uh, Consanguinity is the thing that I learned that was most useful in medieval history class. And it's the that's how you describe how closely related you are, you know, first cousins, second cousins, first cousin once removed, all that fun stuff. If you think about it, like if you try to imagine your own like family tree, you'll realize that like most people don't really know much more past a second cousin. Like you might be able to name a second cousin. Some people. Right, don't I think that's that. as far as I can yeah. go, and I'm but, I'm pretty into it. Yeah, but like past that, it gets kind of tough. So anyway.
0: My cousin Zeta um, Jane had double first cousins first removed.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The funny (laughs) thing about that is even though I seriously even studied it, I go a little cross-eyed about it. And I have to like look at a family tree and like count in order to do it. So if you get confused (laughs) by that. It's because you're normal and it's confusing. These uh, are t-
0: particularly tough family trees because this was all empire building, you know, over you know a thousand years of empire building, uh, yeah. which marrying families so that you could acquire land, not just the person or the title, but the land, whether it was Burgundy or or you know Sicily or Parma, something like that. These were acquisitions. So now we think, oh, it's Italy. Well, it wasn't Italy back then. These are kingdoms. Yeah, these
1: are all different little you know yeah. city states so you know that makes it complex and you know germany and germany and italy and france like france actually not as bad as some but still kind mm-hmm. of bad <laughs> anyway due to the central location i don't know yeah <laughs> it wasn't one of those far afield but. places where they had to ground. By the time uh, the Fourth Lateran Council rolls around in 1015, uh, Pope Innocent III restricted the prohibition of marriage to like within four degrees of consanguinity. Uh-huh. Um, some churches go further, the Greek church went to six. Um, so, four degrees is like basically up to your first cousins. So, uh, your sister, you know, no sister brother marriage, no uncle niece, you know, that kind of thing, no first cousins. But and here's the huge but, <laughs> you can get a dispensation, which, like, how much oh, of you are going you get a dispensation about marriage? So many things. Just um, this one. And so when you want to talk here's about $5 million. royal incest and dispensations, you got to talk Habsburgs. Because yeah. it's not so much a family tree as, like, a family web. <laughs> It very qu- very inherently
0: tied to the church at that.
1: Now, the Habsburgs were the line of first Holy Roman emperors um, and then later emperors of Austria. And then you kind of creep over to the Spanish Habsburgs, which mm-hmm. who became um, kings of Spain for a little while. But um, the Habsburgs, they just loved their incestuous <laughs> royal marriage. I don't even know how to say that. Ferdinand. It was just first- an expect- expected thing. Ferdinand, and then so there are some deformities in that line. Like I could I could just go on and on. Like the ones who are only just a little bit messed up aren't even really worth talking about. <laughs> so he had Ferdinand First, who's an emperor of Austria and the son of Emperor Franz II and Maria Therese, who were double first cousins, which like try to even imagine no. that. that <laughs> like and cousins a Ray. <laughs> Ferdinand actually did live to 82 and he ruled for oh. 18 years. But he had no children. That happens a lot with these incestuous yeah. things, which, again, like that frustrates the whole point of it. But he had hydrocephaly epilepsy and the famous Habsburg chin, which I will get to more on shortly. Um, and I found this lovely quote about him. One of Ferdinand first quirks was to sit on the open end of a wastebasket and roll around on the floor. Like, I love how that's a quirk. If you're if you're an emperor, it's a quirk. <laughs> that you yeah. roll around on the floor in a wastebasket if you're just a normal person <laughs> people are like what is wrong with that guy lock him up but it's
0: just like, <laughs> well thank god it wasn't a woman then he would have sent her to a convent and locked her up
1: yeah oh, history of Habsburgs are replete with like women who are quietly called the mad yes I, I think there's like t- at least two or three like s- sort of crazy, the bad. She was just a little bit, she was a little crazy. And then all the machinations around them send them over the edge. Yeah. If you're already on a sort of bad start and then people are constantly scheming around you, it just kind of pushes you right over. Yeah. 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 But then you get my favorite or the famous, the biggest chapter of intermarriage in royal incestuous history, I guess, which starts right after uh, the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V, who's, pretty big deal in european history because he managed to be king of spain and holy roman empire so he had a pretty significant empire um and it ends with charles ii of spain so charles v had philip ii of spain who you vaguely remember uh maybe because he married four times including bloody mary of england mary tudor um they didn't they didn't produce an heir if they did that would have been interesting because then what that would have put the habsburgs possibly on the english throne but that didn't happen she thought they did it just didn't yeah that's actually sad they think that it was uh, cancer. cancer yeah mm-hmm. um anyway another show yeah, yeah that's another show we're, we're again getting into my issues with tutors <laughs> um but eventually <laughs> philip II married his niece anna of austria who is a habsburg And had a son, Philip III. Philip III married his first cousin once removed, Margaret of Austria, also a Habsburg, and had another son, Philip IV. Philip IV married his niece as well, (laughs) Maria Anna or Mariana of Austria. And they had King Charles II.
0: Who... I'm guessing the church got a lot of nice gifts during this time for all those dispensations. The, the,
1: think best, the best paintings like and uh, candlesticks are from this era. Sort of revolving door. Like maybe there was like, you know, dispensations, Habsburg dispensations or something, like two <laughs> two entry points or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Charles II was called the Hex. Actually, he was king of Spain. So he was El Hexado or El Hexado. Uh, and they're right. I would say that more Spanishy, but like hexed. Now, now I, he was the hexed or the cursed. <laughs> okay, uh, he was considered mentally disabled. Didn't talk until he was four. He didn't walk until he was eight. People had trouble understanding him. Oh, when God. he, the in 1679, the king was 18 years old and he was supposed to marry. He had an arranged marriage to, marriage to Maria Luisa of Orleans, who was a second niece which is a like degree that that. you actually think about like nice, but then down, um, his, anyway, the French ambassador wrote, like, I guess went to check him out Charles II and wrote to the French court. The Catholic King is so ugly as to cause fear and he looks ill. Oh, bless his heart. Yeah. Uh, Later, 1698, a different French ambassador wrote to Louis XIV, uh, he is so weak that he cannot be out of his bed for more than one or two hours. He must always be aided when getting into or out of his carriage. He has swollen feet, legs, abdomen, face, and sometimes even his tongue so that he cannot... So he was non-functional. He was basically non-functional.
0: But yet he was expected to rule because of another word we love, primogeniture. Because his firstborn son, he is expected to rule even if – so all these people, these scheming people around him are the ones doing it.
1: Yeah, he he was not well, and he died at the age of 39 without issue. And according Uh to a book entitled – okay, let me do this right – Enfermedades de los Reyes de España, written by Pedro Gargantilla. Um, (laughs) the The physician who carried out the autopsy of the king's body noted that the corpse quote did not contain a single drop of blood his heart was the size of a peppercorn his lungs corroded his intestines rotten and gangrenous he had a single testicle black as coal and his head was full of water so the thing is he's cost he's been the focus of so much fascination uh that they did a they've done some DNA studies on the Habsburg families. Some uh, modern scientists have looked at the inbreeding in the Habsburg families and they found that the inbreeding coefficient of the Habsburgs, the Spanish Habsburgs in general, was about nine percent. That means that roughly nine percent of any given Royals corresponding genes were identical because they came from the same ancestor. Uh, The inbreeding is so good that big that it increases diminished the offspring's chance of survival by as much as 18 oh percent and they also found that right. the breeding coefficient from spanish habsburg king increased strongly along generations so that for philip the first it was like point it was like two percent but by the time you got to charles second it was more than 25 percent in other words you know if his parents were brother and sister like he wouldn't necessarily be more muddled DNA-wise. His uh, ancestor Joanna the Mad comes up 14 times in his family tree. Um, now, this one of the reasons they were looking for this is because of the famous Habsburg chin. Or sometimes yeah. it's called the Habsburg jaw. Sometimes it's called the Habsburg lip. I just like Okay, chin. feel this moment, gentle listeners. <laughs> the feel this Habsburg moment. Chin. We're going to envision the Habsburg chin for you. Yeah, so the Habsburg chin, the scientific name for it is like mandibular prognathism. I think I said that right. Okay. It's an underbite. It's when the bottom jaw sticks out more. Now, you know, you can have degrees of it, uh, but the time you get to Charles II, I mean, if you consider the fact that royal portraiture is kind and they still got it in there um it was significant now those same scientists looked at it and because the hasburg chin comes up over and over and over again in the mm. family um King Charles V had it to some degree. Uh, As I mentioned, Ferdinand I had it. Charles II had it to a significant degree. Now, when the scientists looked at it, they actually decided that they think it was caused by a recessive gene and that it just, you know, you get enough of it. It's going to um, become statistically more likely to surface, which is why Charles II II got enough of it. Now, here's my interesting little tidbit. Uh, Marie Antoinette reportedly had the Habsburg jaw. She was a Habsburg, um, yeah. she's from Austria, um, but she didn't have it as significantly. So it just kind of gave her a little bit of a pouty lower lip. Okay. Lucky her. Cause otherwise yeah. you look like Beavis.
0: Yes, exactly. And if you picture your like your chin going all the way down, you know, and your t uh, your your lower teeth as far as you can forward, that's a minor half forward.
1: So yeah, you can get your lips are like your yeah. You can be Beavis or you can be Angelina Jolie, like (laughs) just have pouty (laughs) lips. And Marie Antoinette was apparently on the more Angelina Jolie side. So I saw when I was doing the research for this, I saw people claim they believe that King Juan Carlos of Spain, well until recently King. He is now uh King Philip. Felipe Philip is now King of yes. Spain. But his father, Juan Carlos, uh, is said to have a little bit of Habsburg chin Now technically he's a Bourbon. Um yeah. but there is you go back in those trees and you do find uh like there the Habsburgs the Habsburgs kinda weasel their way into most family trees at some yeah, point. Yeah they were just acquiring, acquiring, acquiring and more acquiring Now, fortunately, Um, there are, you know, the there's no royal, you know, the Habsburgs still exist as a family, um, but there's no Empire of Austria anymore or anything like that. But here's my last little note that has nothing to do with chins, but there is still a Habsburg family. It is headed by Karl von Habsburg and his son. The heir apparent is Ferdinand Zvonimir von Habsburg, who apparently is a race car driver. Of course he is so
0: he probably looks you know. like falco too and like, and like ma- has a big wedding in baden baden or something i don't know <laughs> wow i mean you think about it and and it's just unimaginable to us today i mean how worked up we get about incest and rightfully so from you know the physical and emotional angles but back then it was very transactional and from birth when you and you a little child like in the crib they're like have you meet some other child in the Little Crib, and you're, it's not a play date, it's your marriage.
1: Yeah, you know, I think on some level, you can kind of make sense of it, the, like, dynastic reasons for wanting to, you know, keep power with the Finn families, knowing that, like, you want someone who's been brought up to it. But basically, marrying into common people has saved, DNA-wise, most of the existing royal families.
0: Wow, unreal. I mean, I, pretty much everyone gets married
1: to a commoner now. Yeah, you know, you know, I know that streamlined blood. I know that when William and Kate married, people kind of looked and tried to see whether they meet. But, you know, if they meet, it's in the way that like everyone meets eventually if you kind of look, you know, they'd be like, 10th cousins or 12th cousins or something we're talking hundreds yeah. and hundreds of years passing so yeah.
0: john of Gaunt, me too yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> at a bar you know <laughs> you don't you love when people try to do that like i've done my ancestry and i'm related to like you know king ralph the third of you know <laughs> ireland and you're like okay what do you do with
1: that like uh, yeah i mean the thing is like I'm not going home with you anyone can like find them their way back to a york or a lancaster in some way if you've got <laughs> any mean, even English. me <laughs> i'm slovak and even i can so um from some further
0: reading uh there is a great book uh, by simon winder called danubia which i really uh recommend to everyone. It's a big, fun read uh, of nonfiction for us nerds, uh, royal history nerds. And it, it focuses on the Austro-Hungarian Empire, in particular, the Habsburgs. And there's a new book out, forgive me, because I don't know the name of the um, the author, but it's, it's called Emperor. And it's about Charles, the son of one of the mad, and Philip, who we were speaking oh, yes. about so i would love to get more into that into the future but i think the next episode i'm going to be ready to get into the craziness that is the Thai royal family right now
1: oh now see that'll be fun definitely okay. I, I think it's time to go east plus the Thai royal family is they don't disappoint no <laughs> but, i mean okay. you can't even believe it there's totally different totally different paradigm
0: here um, I'm going to look up while you while you just fill dead space here for a second all of Charles Habsburg's titles because it'll tell you about the level of intermarrying that that went on. It's
1: actually quite fascinating. Holy oh, Roman Empire. It definitely is. You know, Charles V. Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor, who ruled from, wait a minute, I have it written down. Yes, 1519 to 1556. That's correct. After his death, what happened was that the Roman Emperor went to Ferdinand I, Holy Roman Emperor, and then his son Philip II took Spain. Philip actually married uh, Maria Manuela of Portugal first. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then Mary Tudor, and then Elizabeth of France. And then <laughs> Anna of Austria, which, you know what? Like, he kind of gets off easy in the whole, like, boy, how many times did you marry? <laughs> yeah.
0: And the fact, I think that his reputation, again, another show, was that he he really didn't have much of personality and was pretty messed up. Uh, he was raised very lovingly by his aunt. And... Um, Because of his mother going crazy or being told she was crazy. Anyway, uh, this Charles guy, he had absolutely zero personality, but he did the things he had to do to network, like be a great falconer, a great archer. You know, he spoke a couple languages as best as he could, but everybody else got to do the work. So he he did not go down with a terrible reputation. But are you ready for his titles?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Okay. I'm coughing away from the microphone because I I care about it. Um, Charles, by the grace of God, Emperor of the Romans, forever August, King of Germany, King of Italy, King of all Spains, King of Castile, Aragon, Leon, Hungary, of Dalmatia, of Croatia, Navarra, Granada, Toledo, Valencia, Valencia, Galicia, <sighs> Majorca, Sevilla, Cordoba, Murcia, hain Algarve, Algeciras, Gibraltar the Canary Islands, the king of two Sicilies, of Sardinia, Corsica, king of Jerusalem, king of the Indies, of the islands and the mainland and the ocean sea. Wow, the mainland of the ocean sea? What's that? Sounds like a book. Archduke of Austria, Duke of Burgundy, Brabant, Lorraine, Styria, Carinthia, Carniola, Limburg, Luxembourg, Gelderland, Neopatria, Wurttemberg, Landgrave of Alsace, Prince of Swabia, Astoria, Catalonia, Count of Flanders, Habsburg, Tyrol, Gorizia, Barcelona, Artois, Burgundy Palatine, Hainaut, Holland, Zeeland, Ferret, Kyberg, Namur, Roussillon, Sardinia, Drente, Zutphen, Margrave of the Holy Roman Empire, Burgau, Oristano, and Gosciano, Lord of Frisia, the Vendish March, Pordenone, Biscay, Molin, Silence, Tripoli, and Mechelin.
1: <sighs> it took him a long time to get into a room.
0: <laughs> Can not you have any of your job to announce him? Oh, Jesus.
1: I mean you yeah. write it down like on your hand.
0: So everything to to seal the the uh, everything that we've just learned from my, my gracious colleague here, those are all the marriages that gave him those titles. Each one of those represents an incestuous marriage, probably that happened that
1: predeceded him. Yeah, they're especially. I mean, yeah, the Spanish, but the the Austrians is, is Austrians, especially. Like it's just. I, I um, think for the yeah, I mean, from his mom, Joanna the Mad, you know, you, that's her parents were uh, Ferdinand and Isabella, yeah. Ferdinand of Aragorn and Isabella of Castile, and then between their two lines, which are Trastamara and Barcelona, there's some intermarriage. <laughs> and you follow them up into the house of Jimenez and you get some more it's it's crazy and, and now I'm going cross-eyed again trying to like
0: there you go Maximilian in Mexico well, my... we got all you know it just goes on in Habsburgs in Mexico it's like whew. and yeah. uh but I think next week I'm gonna have to answer a question for our listeners uh what are the islands and mainland of the ocean sea because I'm dying to know
1: <laughs> yes
0: it's not the indies that's separate
1: but yeah, right, so next time
0: Okay, next time um, I'll, I'll ask the, the Royal News Machine. <laughs> I'll type boop, 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 into it and find out. But
1: I have nothing left to report. No, I mean honestly, you could go on forever about these kinds of things, but and we I will. We've good. We've got it for now. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> that was just save a save a moose Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> and uh, we hope all of you are staying safe and listening to your mothers, and following in instructions, and washing your damn hands. And uh, we will be back in two weeks' time to talk about the royal family of Thailand, the current one. And you're going to die when I, we tell you this story. You really will.
1: <laughs> I know. It's it's good. It's good stuff.
0: So All right. So, signing off. This is Anne.
1: This is Malia.
0: And this are these are, we are the royal subjects. In
1: the news.